Hey there, welcome to the Prison Wallets podcast. So uh, the way we recorded these shows is uh, while I was visiting Toronto, you know, we just recorded a shit ton of episodes and put them out over the course of the year. So this is the end of this batch and uh, I'm heading back to Toronto soon to record another batch of episodes. So this is kind of a wrap-up of our first season, our unofficial first season. This is all just stuff that uh, was leftovers, outtake stuff that didn't fit. But that doesn't mean it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's still good. So we've got uh, the episode we did with Caleb, Ray's kid, where uh, we talked about genre fandom and stuff. We got on this big side tangent about school. And I actually thought it was really interesting, especially to hear from somebody who just got out of high school instead of uh, me and Ray being the 20-year veterans and just to see what it's like now, hear how things have changed with fucking cell phones and technology and shit. I think it's interesting. And if you're a fan of horror movies and genre films and stuff and you had a good time in high school, I will fuck a monkey's uncle. That didn't fucking happen. So I think you'll probably, you'll probably dig this. You'll probably find it relatable. Uh, then we talk a bit more about genre type stuff and uh, Ray talks a bit about the current state of collecting films, special edition Blu-rays, that type of stuff. It's, uh, it's a little mix, a little mixed bag of stuff. So I hope you enjoy and uh, I believe we're gonna start putting out episodes more often than we have been, but I guess we'll talk about that next time. So until then, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. Here we go. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck when his throat's been slit? Uh, took me to see Terminator 2 in the theater. Yeah, I saw Terminator 2 in the theater also. I mean, I guess that's not like an extreme movie or anything, but 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 it really like wasn't even a question of like, mm-hmm. oh, so there's a bunch of guns and violence. Who cares? Like, well, I mean, the thing is, there's there's such a what would the word be? Like a generation gap or generation difference uh, now because like nowadays people are blaming everything they can on gun violence and such. They're not blaming the obvious thing though. They're not blaming uh, the fact that guns are so easily accessible and they're not blaming the people that are actually using them. They're blaming everything else around. Well, this person shot up 35 people because he watched an old rerun of NYPD Blue, NYPD Blue at 1.30 in the morning, and someone had a gun. Yeah, whereas, I mean, it's funny too, I mean, particularly with school shootings, I mean, I hated school so fucking much. It's like, me too. Maybe that's a problem? Could that be a part of the problem? Ooh, but no, let's just not worry about that. Let's just keep sending kids into this nightmare factory. Ugh. Oh, I'm so <laughs> glad I'm finished high school. High school, yeah. especially now, is fucked. Uh, yeah, I can't even imagine now. I mean, with like People social media. People are so hateful now. Like, yeah, that social media thing is terrifying. Like, you can't even get away from school when you leave school. <laughs> Horrible. Like, legit, the bullying in the school I was in was that bad. And this was in rural Nova Scotia that this 
underage girl had videos that she had sent to someone airdropped in the fucking cafeteria. Yeah, it's it's like crazy. Like everybody just has like a broadcast machine. And in their she pocket. was only like thirteen. Yeah, it's totally understandable. That's what's that wrong this, with this generation. <laughs> all this crazy shit happens. Yeah, it's fucked up, and it's yeah, it's weird that no one is ever unplugged. Yeah, and schools. I remember this blew my mind when I heard this, but it makes sense that. Uh, like the the model of school we have where you know you raise your hand you wait until someone says you're allowed to talk you wait for the bell to ring you walk to the next class it's all napoleon started it and it's just based on a military model Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah that makes sense it's like just sit and listen don't do anything unless we say you can it's like yeah this is not a good way to learn things it's military model it's bullshit it's terrible i remember this is like i don't think it's so much um I don't think it's so much the model that is the problem. I think it is that there are too many people misinterpreting how to execute the model. Right. Because I mean, if you had a if if there was like a uniform way for teachers to uh, handle and deal with uh, students and any issues that might arise, uh, like bullying or whatever, then maybe things might be different but instead you've got some people who have emotional or mental problems themselves handling 30 40 kids at a time and not having the capability to kind of properly deal with these people in a, in a manner that's acceptable like half of them don't give a shit they're talking on their cell phones when they should be paying attention anyway like teachers yeah and i do feel yeah. like i just just with the internet i think things are going to change eventually just because like the whole nature of learning is different like now it's like you got to learn how to learn for yourself kind of Mm -hmm. but like in the last six years of school once everyone in my grades were like old enough to actually get bullied or understand how bullying works the only time i remember teachers or the principals even doing anything about bullying was if the parents threatened to get the police involved man yeah that's the only time they do anything it is a bad situation (laughs) it's just like fuck man we really veered (laughs) off topic (laughs) i do remember though i mean i still even though it's been 20 years now at least but i just remember like uh the, the burning anger of like when i would just be like look can i just stay home from school today i just can't deal with this i don't want to go and my mom just would never would never like write me a note or something because she just presumes that the school knows what they're doing the school didn't know shit man school's fucking they didn't give a fuck i think everyone had a bully everyone did i mean even i mean even myself i mean everyone had someone higher on the food chain than them uh everyone got picked on by somebody i mean even even the bullies have a bully you know what i mean like uh nowadays the things that people are getting bullied over or it's considered bullying it was so commonplace when we were kids like you know we don't have like the same experiences as far as there being constant communication or social media or whatever that we dealt with but you know sure we had a kid who would constantly trip us on our way from one room to the other or you know whatever give you a shove when you're walking by just because they can 
That is, man, I really am glad that, it, yeah, like, I lived before the social media age, so at least school would suck, but then you could at least go home and it was over for the rest of the day. I legit once had a kid try to strangle me because he was trying to pick on me for being queer and I told him to go fuck himself. Yeah, and that's like, yeah, like, I totally believe it. Like, it's just, it's like, it's like prison in that way, too. It's like you're stuck in there with, like, these fucking psychos. I remember just, like, I guess, like, I was kind of repressing how much I hated school and I'm just like especially once I got out I'm like maybe it wasn't that bad it's fine and then that movie Bowling for Columbine came out whenever that was early 2000s mm-hmm. and I watched it in the theater and the part where they show footage of those two kids doing the Columbine shootings and you're supposed to be horrified but I felt this like adrenaline rush and I was like that would rule I would love to have <laughs> shot all those assholes yeah and I'm like that's not the right feeling is it I'm not supposed to feel like that but that's what I feel like, so I guess it's a good thing I'm not in school anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck. I even had, because I was in, I was like 96 or 7, I had a trench coat I wore all the time. And then right after I got out of school, 99 was Columbine, so I just missed that. And I'm like, whew, like, I was one of those trench coat kids. There's no way that would have gone well for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just avoided that fucking, that No, I don't know what was letter. worse in high school, the teachers or the students. Both were pretty awful. Yeah, that's one thing, too. The thing that's funny is, like, my mom was a teacher before she became a lawyer, and she did it for, like, three years, and she's like, I don't care if I gotta go back to school and learn a new thing. This sucks. And I feel like that's... I love that she said that, because I feel like most teachers know it sucks, and they know it's gonna be terrible, and there's this... But they can't be bothered to go learn something new or yeah, to like, deviate. Yeah, if I just stick it out for another 12, 15 years, yeah, then I can retire and whatever. And Sweet like, penchant. garbage I don't know what I would ever do if I had kids like as soon as one of my kids was like I don't want to go to school I'd be like and you never will (laughs) let's (laughs) fucking let's I don't know let's get in a van and let's start a family band and tour the world like I don't know let's do something else I wonder if there is a legal necessity because I mean I've been I read a few times uh, on the Globe and Mail website about some people who choose to do a, a newer version of homeschooling I know like Vancouver is way more hippie-ish obviously and they have a lot of that stuff where it's like yeah weird community schools and stuff I feel no like not even like the, the well when I say community I just mean like it's like homeschooling except like just one neighbor is your teacher or something so the way that this is described is uh, like the mom or the dad lets the kids stay home all day and but but every day they have to learn about something that they're interested in. Right. You know, it's not forced. There's no time limit. There's no tests or anything like that. Like, oh, so you like dinosaurs? Well, let's. Uh, you know, every once in a while they bring up something to do with dinosaurs and they talk about facts or something like that. They make them learn practically as opposed to there being like a uniformed, uh, regimented training schedule. Yeah, I like that idea, too. Yeah, like, I've always loved reading, I always loved learning, but put for grade at the end of that sentence, I fucking hated it. Yeah, like, oh, when you read, like, a book in school, and this was, I remember in, like, 11th grade, they were still like, now write a one-page summary of each chapter to, like, prove that you read it. I'm like, fuck you, man. (laughs) I'll read it because I like to read it. for that. (laughs) But uh, we totally deviate. Yeah, totally. But uh, but I have heard, like, one, the argument that does kind of make sense for the curriculum of school is, like, oh, everyone should be on the same level, and there's certain things each citizen should know, yada, yada. 
da-da-da. But I really do feel like it doesn't work. Like, that more self-directed thing. Not all people are created equal. Yeah, and there's <laughs> just, if you're more interested in something, you'll just naturally go that way. And you'll still get to the other stuff. But, yeah, it's like, it was just weird in school. Because, like, not to fucking toot my own horn, but, of course, I was usually ahead of the curriculum. But then I feel those kids that were below and, like, now what's this teacher supposed to do? I'm bored as shit. And this kid is drowning, and they've got to deal with both of us in one setting? Like, why? It just (laughs) can't be the right way to do this. And then, man, like, by the end of high school, I mean, I almost failed. Like, I went from awesome grades to I just didn't care at all. And it's just like... (laughs) I was like a child prodigy, and then puberty hit, bam, depression. Fuck my grades. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and they're just like, hey, we got no time to worry about you, because we just gotta do this thing. I just didn't care. I had a a really amazing... uh, What's what's that phrase? I I have an amazing memory. Almost almost photographic in some cases. Uh, So, you know, I would browse through the material once, and come test time, I'm great on a test. Right. So, oh, I wish I had that. I tested so awfully in school. No, it was great. Like, I, I never did projects. I never did assignments, except for, like, English class, because I loved English and I loved art. Uh, but beyond that, I'd be like, they'd be like, if you don't pass this test with, like, a 90, you're going to fail this course. I'd be like, okay. And they'd pass it with, like, a 95, 96, something like that. So how come the amazing memory didn't uh, make its way into your sperm? <laughs> I used to have an amazing memory, but now I'm a fucking stoner. Oh, okay. Well, there. (laughs) Uh, In a way, I mean, now that I'm getting older, I've got less of these petty grudges. But I did for ages. I'm like, I wish I had dropped out of high school and hadn't finished. Just so in the future, when I accomplish things, I can be like, yeah, and I didn't even finish high school. So fuck you. Like Dave Grawl. Dave Grawl didn't finish high school. But then the other problem is now we're 20 years later and I haven't really accomplished anything yet. So I'm like, I guess it's fine. Whatever. Actually, that's not true. We've got this awesome podcast. (laughs) Yeah, whenever I meet an adult who didn't finish high school and they're talking about it, I'm like trying not to laugh. There's no reason not to finish it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's like, it's mostly, it's just an attitude problem is the only thing. But I definitely had the attitude problem. (laughs) Just like, fuck this place. I hate it so much. Because it's never like they failed in grade 12. It's like in in grade 10, they decided they were too cool for it or some shit. Well, it's extra bizarre, too. I mean, our high school, Fredericton High School, at the time was the only school in the whole city. Like, other cities don't do that. They have smaller schools. They don't just have one big one. Like Now I think there's two or three even. There's one yeah. on the reserve, one on the north side, one on the south side. Yeah, so it's not as insane. But yeah, there was like... I think when Dan went there, it was like 3,000 kids. It was only like 2,500 when I was there. But that's too many kids. <laughs> it was just like, that's what the That's bigger than fuck? the high school I was going to here. There was only like not even 1,000 when I was in grade 11. Yeah, and it really would be different. Like, it always shocks me when I meet people that enjoyed high school and had school spirit. And I'm like, ah, that's weird. I don't know how that would happen. But then I'm like, yeah, but I guess if your school was only like 800 kids or something, it would be a lot easier to mm-hmm. not just get lost in the shuffle. So yeah, that's uh, movies, horror movies, <laughs> <laughs> horror and, movies, and a debate on uh, school curriculum and bullying. Speaking though of uh, obscure ass movies and uh, horrible high school stuff, there's this really cool movie that was like really low budget. No one ever talks about it. It's totally under the radar, but it was called Zero Day, and it was uh, this low budget movie about these school shooters. And it was called Zero Day because so they wouldn't get caught. 
their plan was every morning they listen to the temperature on the radio and the day the guy says zero degrees today that's the day they're going to do it i'm like what a cool idea Interesting. But, then, but also then because they're just you know dumb teenagers the first time that happens one of them is like i got a cold today let's not do it today and you really start to think like oh they're just not going to do it but then they do do it and it's creepy as fuck <laughs> it was a good movie too i liked it but nobody ever talks about it, probably because of the horrifying subject matter. I've never heard of it, so I'm going to definitely yeah, search that, it that out. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's like 2003-ish, I'm going to say, and I don't think the guy ever made another movie. And it was like real low budget, like I'm talking like $10,000 or something. But. I mean, I've seen a few of these uh, school shooter movies. I'm never really impressed with them. Yeah, well, the other one that was all famous at the time was Elephant with Gus Van Sant, and that was yeah. dog shit. That was just artsy fucking Gus nonsense. Van Sant is a terrible director. Yeah. Terrible. I don't know why he's so beloved because he's fucking terrible. Yeah, he either does. He's got the Goodwill Hunting side, and then he's got the ridiculous. Did art he do Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, that's the only good thing he ever did. But he didn't write it or anything. He just directed it. He did that. What's that movie about? Um, You're the man now, dog. <laughs> Where it's Sean Connery teaching the black kid how to write. Finding, oh, Finding Forrester. Right. Yeah. So yeah. those are like his mainstream movies, and then yeah. he also did the uh, the oh the Shopper Shot remake of Psycho. No, the not Kurt Cobain. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. I never did see that. I saw it. It was fucking. It wasn't good. Yeah, bad. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Oh, you know what's a good school shooter movie? Like legitimately a really great movie. It's um, fuck it. The guy's from Toronto who made it. What the fuck is that? The Dirties. It's called. And it's like oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. like the documentary, yeah. like the kids. It's like they're just making a funny school movie about mm-hmm. a school shooting, and it turns into a real documentary about a real school shooting. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was really well done, and that's a perfect example of something you could never make in the states. They made it because in and basically, it's these guys were in their twenties, but they looked young, and they filmed at a real high school with real students mm-hmm. that, that mostly didn't know they were filming. So you get all these legit reactions to stuff and. Like, man, you could never do that in the States because they have actual school shootings every month. You know, you could never film a school shooting movie. That's what's crazy, too, right? Like, at least people used to give a shit. Now, literally, it's every, like, six, eight weeks and nobody cares. And it's like, wow, your country is fucked up. Lots of people care. It's just that no one in the government is doing anything to change yeah the laws and the population of america seems to have two kinds of people the people who are like any excuse to take away guns and then the people who are like fuck you don't take my guns yeah that might be like the most frustrating thing about america is that that left and right two sides thing like man like we have similar political parties but we're not like that we're not like just this side is my side and i'm gonna fight it's like a dumb sports game and it's just like Mm -hmm. yeah brutal yeah, I'm not a, not a great fan of America. <laughs> no. no, me either. I mean, the only thing I really love about America is their their movies. Literally, that's it. Yeah. Movies and music. Yeah. They do it better than everyone else. Yeah. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I didn't mean to startle you. That's all right. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? What an excellent day for an exorcism. Uh, that sounds nice. Got a little cat. Cat purring. Cat purring. It's like ASMR. People love that shit. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to record a quick little addendum. So this was an episode we recorded a while back, like a month ago, I guess. But we were talking about um, 
you know, like genre fandom and why we're into it and whatnot. And then we got all off topic and talked about a bunch of shit. But I just thought to finish it off, I was thinking about how... So there's this dude on YouTube I've been watching. His name is Finn McKinty. And he's uh, he's like grew up in... He's like our age. He's like 40. And he grew up in like the uh, West Coast punk rock scene. But he's like a business guy. Like he's It's a real weird YouTube channel because it's... It's about this like rebellious music of metal and punk, but he's looking at it from the side of like how do you use Facebook to promote your tour and stuff? Like how do you actually make a business out of being one of these bands? And one of the things he brought up about metal fandom, but it really fits with like horror movie fandom and genre fandom is kind of like what makes us I think better people than <laughs> your average person <laughs> is his example is like with bands like there's this band bring me the horizon that started off as just like screamo you know super abrasive band and they just kept getting softer and softer afi kind of did the same thing it happens to a lot of bands you know they get softer and they get more popular so they get softer and they get more popular but what they're doing is they're appealing to basically for lack of a better delineation to to women instead of to dudes and the the women fandom that's just like you know normal pop fandom kind of and those people don't stick with you you know they'll be your fan for two or three years but then as they get a little older and as you get older and you're not as cute anymore and they get you know normal lives and they don't just have the poster on the wall anymore it just evaporates and then your fandom's gone and that's the end of it right whereas with like metal fans and i think this is really appropriate to like horror fans too we never leave right we like it's the way he described it is it's like a lifestyle choice kind of it's like mm -hmm. a lifestyle fandom it's not flash in the pan it's not a pop fandom it's like this is what we like and we will support it for fucking ever yeah uh, i always have said though with uh, with metal music first of all metal music and uh, punk music and horror movies, they kind of go hand in hand, really. And I think it's because of that. Yeah. And I mean, when you mention uh, the lifestyle aspect, I mean, my home is perfect proof of that. Like, I mean, if you look around my home, like I've got a creature from the Black Lagoon, like half bust on the wall with the arms and the head and the chest and everything. And it looks like it's coming out of the wall at you. And I've got like all of these autograph posters and photos and big movie shelf big entertainment system everything is a horror or genre related and it, you know i mean aside from of course talking about the shit all the time it just goes to prove that it is a lifestyle you know i'm one of many people who have places like this yeah i shouldn't say many people but there are a lot of people that have it but really when you think about it if you go to most 41 year old uh humans homes I like that you're human. Well, you know, <laughs> when, when you go into most people's homes, they've adjusted to being, quote, an adult. And, you know, their home is nice. I mean, what's on their wall is family photos and maybe art or something like that. But not like my home or the home of someone like myself who's into genre stuff. Right. And it's so weird, too, that, like, on this, like, there's a certain sense that that stuff is, like, looked down upon, like, it's not high art, or it's not the fully stuff, like, people that are into, like, fantasy novels, or whatever, like, it's all, like, whatever thing, it's like, oh, but that's not, it's not, like, uh, New York Times Pulitzer winning novel, it's not important, blah, 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 but, but all that stuff, it's, yeah, it's so fickle, and it's so, like, 
Like, we're the ones that are down for the cause, Holmes. You know, like, we like what we like and we don't ever deny it and we don't ever turn our back on it or pretend like, oh, I'm grown up now. I don't like this anymore. Yeah, I mean, people always talk about something being a, a lower a lower class form or uh, lower uh, appreciated or whatever. But then you look at, you know, how much money real fans put into their stuff. Like, I mean, my movie shelf alone has to top out at, like, well over 20 grand. Like, just movies. Most people are like, oh, I'm going to buy a fucking Volkswagen. And I'm like, no, I'm going to buy fucking movies, you know. Right. And, yeah, I do think it's kind of like a, it's like a nice little, like, lesson in life, too. If, like, to just, if that's ever happening. Like, if you if you've got your following doing something that is legit that you like and that you're into and it's like a small medium whatever following and you have that chance to go for the big following don't do it because you know you'll just make something generic and maybe more people will like it this year but where are they going to be next year (laughs) you know whereas if you stick with the actual shit that you really like then those fans will stick with you forever look at scott derrickson uh director he did um he did Sinister, uh, and then he went on to do Doctor uh, Strange. Doctor right? Strange, yeah. and you know he openly says, you know, doing Doctor Strange for Marvel like was not fun. You know, like it was not a fun time. He was glad to have the opportunity, and he did, and he put job. out a good movie, but you know, it's just a different thing altogether than you know doing a movie for a smaller budget, but it's far more interesting and memorable to me Sinister is than, say, Doctor Strange. Yeah, or like an even more sort of severe example of that same type of thing is uh, Ryan Johnson. Like, I love Looper. I love it so much. And then even from before that, there's Brick, which I didn't like as much, but most people, that's his favorite movie mm-hmm. that he did. Uh, that's their favorite movie, his first one, which is really low budget. And then, yeah, he went on to do fucking Last Jedi, where... How could he say no? You know, it's a crazy thing. This thing you loved as a kid, you get to make a Star Wars movie, you're going to be part of history. Everyone shit all over it, and they're just like, what the fuck is this? And and honestly, I'm not the right guy to ask about Star Wars, but it's not a very good Star Wars movie. And it's like, how did Ryan Johnson... How did this happen? <laughs> you know, and it's because he's part of this giant machine of, like, even Star Wars is not what it was. It's this Disney machine now. It's like, all of this was a mistake. He shouldn't have done any of this, <laughs> but, right. but it's understandable he the, why he, he should have put that effort into another, say, two or three horror movies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, like, I don't know if there's ever a case when this isn't what happens, you know, like, sticking with your, stick, stay in your lane or whatever, like, stick with your thing that you, and, and it, it's weird in Ryan Johnson's case, because he's not genre in the same way, but his genre or whatever was quirky individualistic movies you know like his movies are never the same twice they're always very him which arguably you could say that about last jedi also but that just made everybody angry this was not the right thing to do i mean i i didn't mind the last jedi but i definitely uh and and i did see uh ryan johnson's kind of style put into it but i also saw something very forced in it that wasn't uh, that wasn't at all I guess recognizable in, in, in that director's uh, I guess favor. Weird too with him because like Looper has got so much symbolism about um, mothers and fathers especially like just so much and Last Jedi hasn't got any symbolism for fucking anything there's just no. nothing in it <laughs> it's just like weird yeah I don't know Yeah. 
But anyway, I guess that's just what I wanted to toss in to just uh, wrap up that a little bit more on the actual topic. Is like I love that that idea of the uh, the like the lifestyle type fans, the fans that that are really into what they're into, and they're just they're just better people because <laughs> like the pop the pop like that elusive they're more faithful yeah because like that elusive audience of the general population of like oh, we should try to get to the that bigger audience but that bigger audience is just a cloud of nothing it's just fickle and it's not people that i was actually just thinking the word fickle yeah yeah like, like they're not really into it they're sort of into it for now but it's not worth chasing it's like but when the next big movie comes out they're gonna they're gonna forget all about the last one yeah so yeah, fuck that. I'm I'm down for life with the uh, the small genre. Groups. Yeah, you know whether it be horror, whether it be sci-fi, whether it be whatever. You know, just keep doing what you're doing and don't let someone kind of water down the things that you like. Because I mean, I know a lot of people, and I can't even take myself out of that equation. I've been with uh, girls before. I was in a, with like I was in a long marriage that uh, ended. And that person didn't necessarily like all the things that I liked and didn't uh, have the same sort of uh, want to have this sort of setup that I've got now, you know, like she wanted, you know, the art on the wall and the family pictures and all that crap. And don't get me wrong, that's nice. You have the, I, we do have some of that stuff, but if you look in my living room, like you really have to kind of look for it. You know, I'm not saying don't, don't show your family off, but I'm also saying like, if you want to have a fright night poster on your wall, have a fucking fright night poster on your wall. Well, I love too. I mean, your fiance now is definitely a a special type of person where uh, I just caught on like Facebook. I think it was that it was like school pictures and uh, the school was like, you can pick whatever background you want. And one of them was flames. And she's like, flames it is. <laughs> I just love that. So yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, we have one family photo and it's on the other side of the column over here. Right. And she's wearing all black and she has like, you know, her, her face is a little bit more pale because of the makeup she chose. And the eyeliner's really dark and the... Uh, the eyelashes are really dark and her lipstick is black and the kid's wearing like he's got like a faux hawk and he's got a leather jacket she's got a leather jacket and i'm wearing a fucking clown mask <laughs> like that's yeah. the family photo we took man that reminds me of uh it would make such a cool movie but there was this comic book series called the hopeless savages oh yeah that was about this kind of where yeah it was like you know those were the two last names it was two punk rock singers that got married so and so hopeless and so and so savage and then they have kids and the kids are all these cool punk rock kids, except one kid who rebels. It's like if you had a normal family and the punk kid, this is the reverse. They got a punk family. And the one kid that's like, this fucking, I hate this. I'm going to go become a manager of a regional Starbucks chain and wear a suit. And you can all go fuck yourself. And like, no one understands it. And they're like, I can't believe he turned his back on our family. <laughs> it's just a cool, like, inversion of all that. It is stuff. cool. But it is too, like, that's the other thing that I find weird with, like, just civilian people is, like, like when they aren't interested at all in knowing about, you know, like, the history of horror movies and stuff. Like, how do you not care at all? Like, what what are you? Just some robot person walking around? I mean, I'm not saying everyone should like horror movies. I mean, they're not for everyone. Some people have uh, different issues because of stuff that's happened in their lives. Like, maybe they were uh, in a violent relationship or had a violent upbringing or, you know, an upbringing that... Uh, 
made them very sensitive to some of the subject matter you see in horror movies like you know there's rape in a lot of horror movies they're unfortunately women have been raped i mean that shit happens they don't want to watch that shit right. they've been through it they they know that it's much worse than what's being shown on screen in a lot of cases so i get that some people aren't going to like it but i think that if you if you do like horror movies or genre movies of any sort like whether it be exploitation sexploitation black exploitation whatever if that's your thing then you keep enjoying it for yourself. You don't have to make someone else happy because all they like is rom-coms or Lord of the Rings. See, like, I guess that would be a good way to put it is, yeah, like, obviously, specific stuff like horror stuff is obviously not going to be for everybody. But isn't it weird when you meet someone who, like, like, say they're not into horror, but they're into something else. Like, okay, cool. But then you meet these people that they're kind of not into anything. Like, the way I think about it, like, even if, say, your thing is just rom-coms, I would still, like, nerd out about it. Like, all right, what kind of rom-com is this? The fucking astronaut's wife with weird sci-fi letters and stuff. Like, what genre of rom-com is this? And how does this compare to the rom-coms of the 80s? And, like, right. I don't know. To me, I just feel like you got to be into something. But like, I mean, even some of that stuff I really like. Like, I mean, uh, uh, what's John Hughes. John Hughes movies. I fucking love John Hughes movies. Yeah. Like, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink, Weird Science, like all that stuff like i like that stuff because i'm a big movie fan in general but i just have a like my preference is horror or exploitation sort of films so you know i mean if you like it you, you stick with it you, you don't turn your back on it because you know lord of the rings part 32 is out or you know everyone says you should watch all of the James Bond movies and make sure that you see them all, you know, like there's more out there than just that. But if you have nothing at all, like if you don't like any sort of film at all, yeah, and you don't have a reason as to why, then it, it just seems to me like if there are people like that, that whatever culture they do have is very lacking. Yeah, like I can think of, I mean, I won't name any names, so off the top of my head, I can think of like this one one lady i i knew that just like talking to her was just like huh like i'll try to find like i got a lot of general knowledge like whatever you're into i probably know something about it i'll talk to you about it and we could just never even get to that point because it's like like what are you <laughs> but yeah it's just like what are you into what is it there has to be something mm -hmm. i mean yeah anyway all right let's wrap that up so uh we already did the ending before. This is just going to be an add-on, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah. fucking fuck the world. Yeah, fuck the world. Yeah. And I am Lucifer, the devil in the flesh. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Oh, sick fucks. You've seen one too many movies. Nah, Sid! Don't you blame the movies! Movies don't create psychos! Movies make psychos more creative! You let him drown. You never paid any attention. Look what you did to him. Look what you did to him. So I wanted to mention uh, a couple of things uh, about some production companies. Uh, just because, I mean, as a big collector, I mean, I've, I'm almost at 700 movies on blu-ray uh 689 to be exact with five coming in the mail i'm big on the 
the boutique labels like uh, Kino Lorber or 88 Film or Code Red, Scream Factory, Arrow Video, uh, Criterion, so on and so forth. Yeah, I got to give Scream Factory a quick shout out because it was just funny that I tossed in your uh, Ginger Snaps Blu-ray and I was like just checking the bonus features and I just thought I was like, man, it'd be great to have like a little like, I don't know, like an hour long documentary about Ginger Snaps. That'd be cool. And it is, there is one on there that I didn't realize. Right. <laughs> so it's like, that's sweet. So all of these companies, when the, and Vestron as well, uh, when they put, and Vinegar Syndrome, like I can keep naming boutique labels till the cows come home because they specialize in making these movies uh, get a release that where they may not have before. But not only do they do it, but they, they clean them up to the point of them being pristine. They give you a, a wealth of uh, special features. Um, definitely the best of them right now, in my opinion, is Arrow Video. They can really do no wrong. Uh, everything they put out, like Reanimator, uh, Foxy Brown, like, you know, all these different cult movies, they look fucking phenomenal. Uh, Scream Factory is no different, but when, when I first started buying Scream Factory uh, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, uh, you could get a Scream Factory movie for anywhere between 18 and 24 bucks. At the max, 24 bucks. Now they're releasing things, and, and they're putting out the same... The content is the same. Like, it, you know, new movie, special features you saw before, with maybe one or two new things. Uh, however, the price is going up. Arrow Video is staying the same. Like, I, I've resigned myself to spending between 35 and 45 bucks on an Arrow Video Blu-ray, but they're worth it. Right. And they've proved it over and over and over. Scream Factory, really hit or miss. Uh, the ones that you buy that you enjoy uh, or is something that you've forgotten about and then rediscovered because of Scream Factory, you know, those things are great. But they're not worth 35 or 40 bucks which is where their price is going to now i guess do do we get like i mean i haven't bought uh physical media in some time but uh do we get kind of fucked just being Canadian? Because I know it makes video game prices pretty bad here. We kind of do. Uh, we we definitely uh, get screwed a little bit uh, with the exchange rate. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, when you're used to paying something, like Arrow Video's price is consistent. Like, for what you get for a single movie, or if you buy, like, a trilogy or something like that, you can expect to pay, you know, about 70 bucks for a trilogy of, of movies that you won't get any, be able to get anywhere else. They don't re-release the same shit over and over. Uh, Arrow Video doesn't. Uh, Scream Factory has gotten in the habit now of, like... They just put out a steelbook for Life Force, so the, which I picked up for like twenty four bucks. Uh, it's only luck that I got it for that price. Uh, they had already put out a standard Blu-ray, like f their standard Blu-ray, uh, four or five years ago, something like that. No, maybe not that. So they put out the same movie twice. They've done the same thing with uh, Night of the Demons. They've done the same thing with The Fog. They've done the same thing multiple times. Like, And the price is going up. 
I don't I don't understand it. Like I'm I'm not willing to double dip or triple dip or whatever. Uh, if I do, I get rid of the old one. I don't keep it. Uh, like I bought their trick or treat. You know, I bought that brand new and. Uh, there was something else that I think I got recently by Scream Factory that they just put out. Oh, the Critters set. I got the Critters set with the with all four movies. Uh, that was on sale for like fifty five bucks, you know, which is all right for four movies. It's definitely better than you know twenty bucks each or thirty bucks each or whatever. But when I when I think about it, you know, like. Arrow Video just released Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I don't have it yet. I'm going to buy it for sure. Uh, It's UK only, so you can't get it in Canada. So if I want to order it, I have to get it from eBay or, you know, directly through their site. But even after the exchange and shipping, I'm still only going to pay like 35 bucks for that version of that movie. But they're not going to put it out again in two or three years. Like, that's what you get what you get. You know, like Synapse put out Reanimator some time ago on Blu-ray. That's the one that I used to have. But when Arrow Video put it out, that's what you're going to get. They're not going to, you know, in a couple of years go, well, you can buy it again as a steel book or as this or that. You know, like they're, they're putting out the release they're putting out and that's the end of it. Yeah, I wonder as far as the prices getting jacked up, like it's, pro- I mean, it seems so lame and such a kind of a shame thing, but it probably is just just capitalist bullshit right of just like hey we keep putting up the price and people keep buying it so let's just keep putting it up you know i mean kino lorber vinegar syndrome vestron uh like they're not re-releasing things and yeah because i guess it's the thing too with these boutique type stuff with most of these labels like they act like uh you know like cool right like hey this is cool stuff this is a niche market let's be cool to each other see mm-hmm. it's disappointing when a company is like fuck being cool give me 20 more dollars exactly you know like scream factory went from being my go-to and they were for a while like i've got more than more than 50 scream factory releases i actually counted them earlier like i've got over 50 uh i've got more than 40 arrow video but i value the arrow video ones more than i value the scream factory ones I do always wonder that about companies. Like, I guess it'd be an easy thing to fall into if you're just looking at your bottom line and you get some, especially as a company gets bigger. Because is Scream Factory connected to Shout Factory? Yes. So, yeah, they've been around for a long time. So, I mean, yeah, there's probably just people now that run it that are not connected like they used to be, you know, to whatever they started as. And they're just like, hey, man, we can just pump up the price. And they don't realize, like, that it, it erodes your fan support and yeah people notice it really does i mean uh if i pull out any of the arrow video releases that i have uh and you open the case and i mean the the artwork on the the liner i guess that's inside the plastic of the blu-ray uh is double-sided so you always get new art and then the original art on the other side so you have the choice scream factory does this most of the time as well but Arrow Video's cases feel a lot more sturdy. They usually have a little book in, in with them, you know, a little something. Uh, Scream Factory has really, I mean, they're shitting the bed. Here's a great example. Candyman just got a Blu-ray release, not only by Scream Factory, but by Arrow Video. Now, the Arrow Video version comes in a hard box with 
the the blu-ray case inside and it comes with a poster and it comes with something else like it's a really nice double-sided art uh done by and i'm going to shout this guy out he's uh on uh one of our fellow podcasts from our parent from my parents basement uh ghoulish gary pullen who i have some art on my wall from He's got a book out, by the way, Ghoulish, The Art of Gary Pullen. It's really fucking amazing. Go buy it on Amazon. Uh, anyway, the art for it's amazing. The packaging is great, whatever. Uh, I don't know what Scream Factory did. Uh, but so you, this is a UK only for Arrow video, but you can order it and have it delivered to Canada for about 30, 35 bucks. Now that sounds like a 30, $35 price range worthy sort of release. Right. Scream Factory, they're charging $37, $38 for the same fucking movie. Yeah, that is a shame. It is a, it is a bummer. Like, I remember, I guess I know, the reason I was thinking of Shout Factory is, I remember back when uh, I first moved to Vancouver, I got, the first thing I bought with my first paycheck from my dishwashing job was the Freaks and Geeks set that Shout oh, yeah, Factory yeah. put out. Yeah. And yeah, it was like amazing. It's like all of the stuff and every bonus thing you could ever think of and like a cast reunion and all this shit. And yeah, it's just uh, it's a shame that these guys are losing their way. Because yeah, they're they're OG. They've been around and like bringing back stuff. And yeah, I it's mean, a bummer. With boutique labels, anyway, uh, someone like myself who buys as many movies as I do. I mean, I know there are people out there that buy even far more than I do. Uh, but it's making me become more like I've, I'm more picky and choosy about what I buy now. So this is making me even more picky like i know what's coming out for the next while from scream factory and the only thing i can think of for certain that i'm going to pick up by them is the craft aside from that like they don't have anything coming out compelling like they're even they're digging at the bottom of the barrel they just released the exorcist part two who wants the exorcist part two <laughs> no one yeah that's one of those classic things like i say sometimes where the it feels like that whole movie should just be a bonus feature on the first movie <laughs> right like, if you want to dig through a menu you can watch it but the last amazing thing that scream factory released was the uh the halloween series they managed to do some deal with anchor bay uh or stars or whoever has the rights to the rest of the halloween movies uh, and they release them all in one set, but they have two different sets. So, uh, I mean, they have the set where that I have, which is one box with two cases, uh, half the movies in one case, half the movies in another case. Or you can buy the big deluxe edition box, which is very out of print, and it's got ten cases, and it's it's big, it's impressive, whatever. And now its big claim to fame is that it's got the producer's cut of Halloween, uh, The Curse of Michael Myers, which I think is part six. And, I mean, you can buy that separately. However, the, the one in the big box set, not even the one that I have, uh, the one in the big box set uh, has far, far, far more special features. Like, it's loaded to the gills with special features. And you can't get it anywhere else but in this one set. Except for the day that I went to BMV and they had bought the set from someone else, uh, from someone, and they 
decided to sell them individually and oh, i okay. saw it on the shelf and i fucking snatched that up <laughs> i got it for like 17 bucks and it was well worth it you know man isn't that amazing too like that's what's half the fun of just like yeah the hunt for stuff is those oh. moments when you find things like that it's it's like drugs i swear to god <laughs> like I, I find something like that and i'm just like so when i bought the uh 10 disc 2k set uh, of Halloween movies, I immediately took out the part six that was in that and replaced it with the the producer's cut with all the special features. Nice. Yeah. So I have it, but it's you know I'm not supposed to technically you know. Yeah. In some ways, big set. in some ways you have like the most ultimate edition. <laughs> sort of. You know. Well, I mean, unless you have that big box set. Right, sure. But now, if you want it, you're shelling out about five hundred bucks because it's out of print. Man, that's kind of like that reminds me of, uh, they put out this um, Buffy set of all seven seasons of Buffy on DVD. The and Chosen then, Collection. Yeah, and then my friend Mike had it, and it came with, like, yeah, bonus disc of stuff that was only in that. And I was just glad to meet someone else who bought it, because I wasn't going to... It's getting, you'd have to rebuy the whole series just to get this one disc of bonus shit. But then that's a bummer, too, because... Uh, dvd shit like doesn't look good anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you can actually get it used at bmv now for about 70 bucks which is you know not terrible yeah well, it's weird too it's just a weird case of uh the transitions between technologies and stuff where they did put out like some up new versions blu-ray shit of buffy but it's just like badly done like converting tv is not the same as converting movies like you can do it wrong mm-hmm. so it's like the dark scenes aren't lit right anymore and uh things are cut off in weird places and like whoever whatever company did it did a bad job i have a weird uh, a weird little wish list of tv series i'd love for them to put out sets for like on blu-ray because you can get them on dvd rather inexpensively for the most part but blu-ray doesn't get a release for them for some reason like uh californication i love that show have you seen it i saw like the first three seasons so so good so good uh so californication the original tales from the crypt series and uh buffy i would love those three things to hit blu-ray yeah they'd be worth the price tag but you know whether it happens or not i'm seriously considering ordering an import because there is an import blu-ray set for californication and so we got i guess we got like we got eight or nine minutes so i guess we should wrap up this here show yeah let's wrap it up i mean so that's the state of scream factory address get your shit together scream factory yeah they're not gonna they don't give a fuck yeah there's no more room in hell the dead will walk here the box you opened it we came. It's just a We'll tear your soul apart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. They're here. The power of Christ! The power of Christ compels you! It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. This is just basically, I mean, we, of course, starting off, we are the Prison Wallets. I'm Ray. This is Keith. Uh, this is just a quick, um, it's not even an episode. It's just sort of like a, a, public a season ending thing. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess we've probably explained it at some point, but just to make, make it super clear. So it's that uh, Ray lives in Toronto, and I used to live in Toronto, but now I don't. I don't really live anywhere. I just keep moving. So. When I'm back in Toronto, we record podcasts and put them out in a 
slow manner. <laughs> so what you're hearing happened 10 months ago kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, this is like our little burst of stuff. And it's one of those things like I guess there's ways around it. I mean, we could do like Skype, Skype or something, but stuff. fuck that. You know, what am I, some kind of nerd? I would love to, if anyone listening to this ever meets me, they'll be like, of all the times that I've made fun of people for being nerds, they'll be like, this guy is clearly a nerd. <laughs> like, why? Does he think he's not? But yeah, it's not a Skype podcast. Not not really my thing. I don't like him. Yeah, I'm not really interested in that anyway. I mean, it's much better to sit together uh, and have a conversation while watching a movie and uh, going over it together instead of us both having to sync shit up or just watch it on our own and then try and talk about it for the duration of a movie. Right. Uh, so, and yeah. I kind of like this thing we came up with too, of like the idea of recording a batch of podcasts and putting them out slow, like every month. Cause I'm sure we've said this before, but like, because there's, there's just like, I've, I can't remember the last time I ran out of podcasts. Like I have, I don't even listen to that many podcasts, but I can't get through them all. Yeah. I'm, I'm at that point right now because I listen to like several different podcasts. Yeah. So. And I mean, yeah, well we did our episode about podcast we listen to and like yeah i only listen to a handful of like video game and wrestling podcasts and i'm like i'm dreaming of the day that i'll catch up with all my podcasts and just listen to music again for a little while but i just (laughs) i can't do it so yeah i don't even think it's a bad thing that we are putting out shows at a slow pace like i think it's kind of a good thing honestly for me on a personal level i vainly i love listening to our own podcast so whenever we release a new one and, and I'm listening to it for the first time, like, I fucking eat that up. Like, I love it. I, I like the dynamic. I like uh, the the flow of things. And, uh, yeah, it really works for me. It even is almost, too, it's like artificial scarcity kind of makes things seem classier. Like, I feel like we're more like the uh, the British TV show version of a podcast. Like, you get very short seasons and you gotta, you gotta just, you know, fucking soak up what we got, because that's it. That's all you're getting. Yeah, like, every time I listen to an episode, it's like jerking off in my own ear. You know, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, ain't, yeah, that ain't a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. And who knows, maybe I'll be back sooner anyway. You can never tell, like, what'll happen. Like, because uh, I guess, yeah, let's just... Let's just tell the the listeners a little about me and my life and my weird plans. So, so my friend Brad is in uh, Japan, so I'm going to go visit him, and then our friend Brad. Yeah, of course, but only <laughs> but only I'm I'm only I'm going to the land of the Orient. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not going to Japan. I, I'm legally not allowed there. But uh, and I'm like, yeah. By the time I'm I'm, you know, I didn't mean to trample on your joke there. By the it's way, okay. okay. <laughs> um. What the fuck was I just... Oh, yeah, so once I'm on the other end of the world, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, who knows what'll happen from there. Maybe I'll go some other places. But last time I traveled, I went to uh, Amsterdam for my friend's uh, fucking bachelor thing, and I he, he went to Amsterdam, I went with him, but then I stayed. And I'm like, this'll be great, I'll travel Europe, it'll be awesome. And instead, I completely fucking freaked out and bailed out and just flew straight back to Toronto, and I think that's when we started this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I think so, too. So maybe that'll happen again, you know, if I feel that stress in... Because uh, that's the other thing, too, with Canada. I can't fly back to Fredericton. I can only fly back to Toronto, Montreal, or Vancouver. So I'll just fly back to Toronto. So that's my vow to you, the listener. If I freak out in Japan and I gotta get the fuck out of there, I'll come straight back to Toronto. So... Until then, of course, we we are the Prison Wallets, and this is our love letter to movies. I am Ray. 
Yeah, I'm Keith, and uh, most importantly, Adomo Arigato Agasamazaimaiga, but... That's not anything. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you? I don't even think that's... It's, a can, it's not even... It's not even gibberish. Like. Yeah, it's not even offensive. It's just nothing. It's just like, Fuck. Do you ever have those, you know... I do think that's kind of... I remember I was talking once to this girl, Erin. My first ever podcast I did with this girl, Erin, in Vancouver, like, mm-hmm. in, like, 2006. And we were talking one time about that classic thing where, you know, people are like... Dudes are funnier than chicks is, a, you know, a, an argument that some people make. So we were talking about that, and she was like, her theory was the only reason that happens is just because guys are more willing to just throw themselves off the cliff and just say the stupid thing that might not be funny, where she found in her experience most women, they just don't want to try mm-hmm. for that or whatever. Yeah. But what just happened there is a good example of why maybe it is better to err on the side of caution because sometimes you're just like, I'm just going to start making sounds with my mouth, and I bet something funny will come out. And then it doesn't. And you sound like an idiot, and you feel like an idiot, and everyone thinks you're an idiot. And that's what happened here today. Life lessons, people. See, we're not only giving you reviews, and we're not only giving you commentary, but we're giving you life lessons. Yeah. So Don't like, do Keith. Don't be dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you meet somebody, you're like, hey, that person doesn't seem to be that funny. Yeah, maybe sometimes that's true, but also look at the secondary layer of like, yeah, but how often do they sound like a stupid fuck? <laughs> maybe it's a lot less, you know? I'm never going to stop, though. I'm never going to stop fucking shooting for that rainbow. Blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fucking whatever. So anyway, uh, like, rate, review. Uh, please leave a rating on iTunes. Uh, I don't give a shit. I mean, I'd like it if you followed us on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm more concerned about the iTunes review. Uh, just you don't even have to say anything. Just click the stars. That's I wonder all we want. what would happen if you know stuff like how uh, Primus fans like they always yell Primus sucks, but not because they hate Primus, it's because they like Primus. What if we had a thing like that where all of our reviews are one star reviews, just because like that's like our funny thing that people do. I wonder if that'd be like make us stand out, or if that would just make the iTunes algorithm hate yeah, us. That wouldn't be good. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, don't don't listen to him. Please, you know, rate rate us fairly. Give you know, I mean, I could see us being middle of the road, right. but you know, three to five stars, I would be happy with that. Just yeah, rate us so that we get on the board somewhere. Yeah, the one star thing, I guess, would only be funny if it was every review. Like if we had a lot of reviews and they were all. I understand. Bad. Land of the Dead getting one star. Yeah. But I don't under I, I wouldn't understand it if it were like the upcoming reanimator episode or yeah, something oh yeah, like that. That's you true. Know? Anyway, uh, we are on Twitter uh, at uh, Podcast Prison. We're on Instagram at uh, Prison underscore Wallets underscore Pod. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Borahioro77. And Keith is. So I'm Keith McNally on Twitter, and uh, KeithCourage.com is where all our stuff is and different shit that I do too, but Prison Wallets, most importantly. So, yeah, uh, again, give a like, rate, review, all that crap. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just as a fun little end of season to reward us for making it this far and to putting out this fine season of entertainment maybe just just tell any friend of yours in any way just you know fucking it could be a, a handwritten letter it could be a tweet <laughs> <laughs> anything in between handwritten letter <laughs> yeah. dear grandpa have you heard about this podcast 
They talk about titties and they say bad words. <laughs> but yeah, please spread the word. Uh, tell your friends. Tell people you don't like. If you don't like the podcast, tell other people you don't like. Be like, you got to listen to this. It's awesome. Yeah. I just think you won't believe how dumb these guys are. Listen to these fucking jerks. I actually think that'd probably, that would be better than the one star thing. Because I think that would actually work. Like even, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, yeah. All right. I was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think I am losing it today. I think my brain Jesus is Christ. unraveling. You're fucking fried, man. Like <laughs> yeah. fried without being fried. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is us. Uh, keep an ear out for next uh, next year, and uh, we'll see you then. So until then, don't say just fuck you all. <laughs> you, you weren't gonna get it right that time. <laughs> I put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs>